0: They're loading into the barriers, Moods, Mytho,
1: Rog, and the Rain Man, and they're underway for Moody on the Mic. Well, welcome back to another edition of Moody on the Mic. Yes, we're recording again on a Thursday morning. We're post corporal Cup Barrier Jaw, we're post-Thousand Giddings, we're pre-Melbourne rain bomb. Moods, how are you faring? The rain is coming.
2: Well, it hasn't been a kind week for the camp, so it can't get any worse, sir. Two group one favourites bit the turf uh, the last four or five days. I, I need a little violin for someone. Anthony, if you get got a violin there, you can play for me.
0: No, I'm too uh, too busy building a bridge with all that character I've been building for my <laughs> ass kicking that I've copped over the last couple of weeks. So anyway, it's a tough old game and it's not going to get any easier with this, uh, this rainstorm, this uh, weather incident we're about to have. We're getting a fair bit of it down in Geelong right
1: now, I can tell you. Rain man, you could probably give us a bit of uh, advice on how to survive it. Rain. I mean, you've basically been swimming up in Brisbane for the last year and a half.
3: Yeah, it's very true, Rog. But we've got a glorious day of uh, weather here today. But it's a little bit of karma, I think, for uh, you, Melbourne folk, who have spent uh, the better part of a few years uh, laughing at Sydney every time there's a uh, big sorry, race. A- hang on,
1: hang on, hang on, can I just jump in? We were locked down for those three years. There was no laughing, mate. We might have been. <laughs> we might have had. We might have had sunshine, but we were
3: stuck inside. Yeah, laughing at Sydney for their wet Everest days, their wet championships days. Always wet in Sydney. Always raining in Sydney for big race days. And now poor old Caulfield uh, has coughed it. Up. It's it's looking pretty bad. This this Uh I, I had a look at the radar. Uh, it's ugly. It's very ugly.
1: Yes, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many scratchings come about in the next couple of days. You mentioned it's been a character building few days, moods and. Look, I got a Twitter mention last night, and 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 before I throw it over to you, like this is from, you know, a smart-ass critical comment. Surprise, surprise. It was at name, bunch of numbers, and no profile pic, which is generally how the Twitter trolls roll. But uh, this is the comment, and then I'll have a say, geez, this upcoming podcast will be interesting. Going to enjoy hearing the excuses, I mean reasons, for the poor showing across a few days of racing. Firstly, Group 1 races are hard to win. Nobody can just turn up and win them, except, you know, Black Caviar, winks." And all the trainers have their horses speaking at this time of year, mate. But the only trainer who has his own podcast who actually gives you a peek behind the curtains to how the horses are travelling is Peter Moody. Rog,
0: I don't think the big man needs you to defend himself. I reckon he's going to do a pretty good job in about five seconds' time. Go, Peter! <laughs> yeah,
2: well, listen, I, I, you, you don't worry about dickheads like that that aren't going to put their name to anything, are they? And I, and I don't think we need to make too many excuses. We ran fourth in two group ones. We didn't. We didn't run fourteenth. Uh, we ran fourth. Um, so, uh, and both horses had their chance, and both horses weren't good enough. So, plain and simple. And and I think before you jump into Corfield and the drastic weather, um, if it, if the rain sort of gets its way today we've still got friday saturday caulfield is a wonderful draining track as we saw last saturday at caulfield where it looked like it was going to be a heavy eight and ended up nearly racing a good four so one to the dickhead troll i, I don't give a fuck what you say uh, you mean nothing to me um you're a piece of shit that won't stand behind your own statements and two don't don't uh don't condemn caulfield just yet we've got shit weather today uh, but if we get uh, dry weather back half of Friday into Saturday, there's a chance we'll race on a probably a slow track.
0: So was it the weather the reason, uh, Petey, that you sent um, your able assistant Catherine Coleman to the races uh, a little earlier yesterday? A turn up for race four to watch pounding trained by the great Peter Moody, and there's uh, Catherine. I said, "Oh, where's Moods? I oh, know he's coming a bit later." He's just the Group 1 guy now. He just turns up yeah. for all the glory of the Group 1 races. Rain was tumbling down. I've got a picture of Catherine standing up there in the mounting yard getting absolutely sodden. Poor thing. Pete's at home just, you know, by the fire. Oh, time a run to perfection. I'll just stroll straight in the mounting yard, pick up a Group 1, grab the trophy, and off I go back to packing them.
2: Well, I, well one, I didn't have to pick it, worry about picking up the trophy because we got beat. <laughs> uh, the two, uh, we were very fortunate. I was able to complete all bar uh, a, a brief stint of afternoon stables before uh, going into Caulfield and uh, oh, and assessing the, the horses feet. and assessing the horses heading into the weekend racing. So I couldn't see uh, the sense in two able-bodied people being there saddling uh, one horse in two races. Uh, an hour two hours apart so no it worked out quite well and uh we missed you Petey we missed you the yeah no I I missed you too Anthony I missed you I got there in time to watch um (laughs) watch a couple go round in the in the blue sapphire which you probably weren't very pleased about either so uh, um, but no listen it was a shame Thousand Guineas Day where it rained all day uh but let's hope it stops here and we get a uh, an improving track on Caulfield Cup Day and likewise in Sydney for the Everest. I hope they get an improving track there. Probably the best both tracks could hope for is slow because it's it's a tr- you know it has become one of the great days racing with these two great races uh, that have, have co-mingled and co-mingled very successfully the last mm-hmm. couple of years.
1: Just uh, on, perhaps maybe, you know, you have lost a couple of fans in the last few days, moods, but there's one fan that you definitely haven't lost. It's very brought to my attention late last week. It's, um that Olympia Valance, the actress, uh, is a big Peter Moody fan. Uh, apparently it was the launch of the carnival last week and uh, was telling a person who then passed the information on to me that she was just uh, in awe of, she just loved Peter Moody, and she actually got starstruck when she shared a lift with him a few years ago <laughs> and asked him for a photo to which no. Moody apparently replied, hang on, you want a photo with me? Aren't you some actress or something? And, <laughs> uh, and she was starstruck. So there
3: you have it. Olivia <laughs> Valance is starstruck by Peter Moody. Who'd have thought? That, that one actually got a run in the gossip columns in the Herald Sun back in the day. That's how big a news that one was. That uh, her Olympia Villanis fangirl moment with the great Peter Moody.
2: Yeah, I met Olympia and her mother, and they're both lovely ladies in in the in the members lift at the back of Caulfield there one day, and I had to apologize. And the mother, Petey. And, and, and I had to apologise. I, I knew the face, but I couldn't put a name to her. And uh, I, was, I was very taken back uh, by uh, meeting her and her mother and, uh, and very taken back when uh, I realised what fans are racing they are. So it's great that our great sport reaches into such areas. Yes, Rain Man?
3: I've got an outstanding quote from the, the news article at the time. Kids get starstruck by actual celebrities and I get starstruck by Black Caviar's trainer. So she's all she's had a little dig there that you're not an actual celebrity. But on top of that, my mum renovated her kitchen by backing his horses, and that was before Black Caviar. So they're OG Peter Moody fans. They're not just jumping on the, the Moody bandwagon like Plenty did after Black Caviar.
2: God bless her. And it was great to see her back there uh, last week. So I hope she has a great carnival and finds a winner too. And... Uh, and uh, I hope we can add on to Mum's Kitchen and maybe do the lounge room next time round <laughs> if we if we can get one of these over the
1: line. Bugger Jamie Carr. Let's get Olympia on the podcast and bring some real celebrity factor. <laughs> uh, just uh, speaking of uh, speaking of winners and horses, we've got a look going forward. We've got to ask Moods, I Wish I Win, obviously went down as favourite at the weekend. But the big question going into that race was where you were going to go next. If you made a decision after that run, has it become clearer as to where you'll go with I Wish I Win?
2: Um, yeah, listen, we're, we're happy with the way he's pulled up. Uh, we thought his run was good. Um, he uh, oh, listen, did he coming off that peak performance at Sandown, or you know, was it the track pattern? But then the second horse got over the top of him. Was he just he not got good too enough? far
0: back? He just got too far back, didn't he?
2: Well, the second horse was behind him and beat him
0: hard. Yeah, maybe he's not good enough.
3: From a rating standpoint, he actually, for a lot of the ratings that have come out, he's actually rated at the similar level that he did last night. He just didn't have that big improvement that we thought he might have at the sixteen hundred. So I still think the horse has run very well.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. So we we'll, we might look at the option of the Golden Eagle in Sydney, uh, which is a three-week Ooh. break if he happened to gain a start or possibly four weeks to the, to the Champions Mile on final day at Flemington.
1: Well, a bit of a shame. You've really got to, you know, as a fullback option, look at a ten million dollar race in in Sydney. That's a sh- that's a shame for you, Peter, as part owner of the horse.
2: Yeah, one of those bloody pop up things. They
0: thingy dudgies they put on.
1: Have you got a, Have you got a runner in the Golden Eagle with though, or are you just not interested in these pop up races this year?
0: No. Well, hopefully Lock Eagle can cement his spot in the Silver Eagle this weekend at Bramwick, but um, they've got to run the
1: meeting first. I think Sydney's actually got some decent weather this weekend. We might be looking at at about a soft six or a soft seven, which in Sydney terms is a good two. They'll
0: they they'll they'll get by. There's a bit of rain predicted Friday, I think, but uh, a, a fine day Saturday. So um, all those once a yearers that'll get along to the Everest um, will uh, we'll be bathing in sunshine, which will be great.
4: Next up, we have a mate dedication from Tim to Andy.
0: Andy, I'll never forget the day that you loaned me that slick tie so I could get into the members. Sorry, I lost a champ. Sounds
4: like a legend. Ladbroker, together, this spring carnival, with Mates mode. Thank you for being
1: a friend. Thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you. Thank you for
4: being a friend. T's and C's apply and a on website. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. To be the
1: best, you have to beat the best. And for the past 100 years, the world's best field assembles on this stretch of turf in a battle for ultimate glory. Where the roar of the valley is felt in all corners of our nation. Where champions become legends. Farlap, Kingston Town and the mighty Mare Winks. Experience 100 years of legendary at the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Australia's best race. Visit thevalley.com.au Okay, there's some massive racing in two states this weekend. As we alluded to, uh, the once a year is we'll get along to Randwick for the Everest, and we see the world's best sprinter, Rayman. But a drifting favourite on the back of the barrier draw, which does surprise me a little bit.
3: Yeah, to be honest, Roger, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I think barrier 12 is probably the best gate possible for Nature Strip. But uh, if you're a Nature Strip fan, you're now getting uh, you're getting black odds. He was $1.90. He's now out to $2.20. Lost and running on the second line of betting at $7. The market mover Nature Strip's old sparring partner, Eduardo, $13 into eight dollars They're the only horses at single-figure odds. Jack and Over 3-year-olds are at $10. Mars Crusader, last year's runner-up, $11. Hasn't been much move for any of the other horses at, at a big price. I think Barry 12, for mine, is perfect for Nature Strip. James McDonaldson take his time, bring him across. It means he, he gets... Uh, we've seen sometimes maybe with the old nature strip before he became almost unbeatable in his grand finals that sometimes inside barriers didn't, didn't suit him because he could over race and get a little bit uh, hustled by the horses coming from uh, across him. But I think Barry 12 is perfect. And we've sort of said the whole way along is nature strip. Now he sort of has become almost bomb proof and in these grand finals, he just doesn't miss. He's won three TJs. He's won an Everest. He's now won a King Stan stakes. And when Chris Wallace sets him for a race, he wins. He has been betted as a short-price favourite in some other races before, but since he's become developed into the world's best sprinter and since Chris Waller's been setting him for these grand finals, he just doesn't miss. So I think 220 for nature strip is a bet. I think he's going to be extremely tough to beat. I think the more interesting question is who runs second? Because if you take Nature Strip out of this race, it's wide, wide open to see who fills feel, out the placings. You can make a case for just about every other horse in the field to, uh, to sneak into the placings at a, at a bit of a price. But a horse, I think, is absolutely flying, and has probably flown under the radar a little bit, is Private Eye. $14 to win, $3.80 to play. So I don't think he can beat an, uh, a fit and firing nature strip. But his first-up win in the in the Gilga Stakes at Flemington was outstanding. Uh, in the uh, in Brisbane Winter Racing Carnival, he raced really well. Finished an unlucky second behind Alligator Blood in the Stradbroke Candy Cap. The form coming out of that race is being very good. He was unlucky in the in the Kingswood Smith Cup there as well. So he's a, a very good horse. And I think the way this race might be run is if if the likes of Eduardo uh, do sort of try to take on Nature Strip, and it does turn into a real a real, battle, a real speed battle early like the Everest did last year, it could set it up for a horse like Private Eye to, to storm home into the placings. So I'm playing Nature Strip to win, Private Eye to finish in the placings, and you can work around those two with your exotics. Yeah, I, I thought 195 for the Nature Strip was value. So 220 that we're
1: sitting at right at this point of time, absolutely, as you said, Rayman, looks a bet. Uh, we thought he had a mortgage on this race for a, a fairly long time um, and he might hit a flat spot in the shorts, but he didn't. And uh, and as you mentioned, he's, uh, Waller has got him going for his grand finals every year for the past few years. Um, the, the one I think, if I'm going to go for value outside of Nature Strip, which, like I said, I think Nature Strip wins absolutely. But Jack and I, if we get... If the track sits in that sort of soft six range, uh, Jack and O 53 kilos in form. Uh, I think Jack and O can run a really big race here, but uh, certainly Nature Strip uh, looks to have a mortgage on it for mine
0: be interested to see how the track plays I think that's going to be the, um, the, the the reason why the big punters will probably wait till late and see what's going on after uh, the races that they did get underway there at ramwick last weekend was uh, massively leader bias and if that's the case again this weekend why not Eduardo going to the front and 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 at least running well, and filling one of those positions, I, I'm I'm backing Nature Strip to cover all bets in the race, but uh, I reckon Eduardo can can still be there when the uh, when the whips are cracking late late on the line. So um, I'll do something around Eduardo and the trifectas, and maybe ingratiating the Blue Army. Seem to be uh, getting things right at the moment. Um, everything Godolphin touches uh, turns to gold, unlike Peter and myself. So. Um, I would be doing something around ingratiating an Eduardo in the multiples, but backing uh, Nature Strip to cover all bets.
2: Yeah, well, listen, firstly at this meeting, wouldn't you be dirty if you'd won? There's two sort of races that have been around for 100 years on this meeting, the angst for mayors late in the day, and the first race, the Reginald Allen for three-year-old Phillips. Yeah. Wouldn't you be dirty if you won one of them? they are of a hundred and sixty thousand <laughs> and two hundred thousand, and you've got troc- crocodiles from Burke running for two million in the Kosciuszko Oscar, and and fifteen million dollar sprints and all that, and, and races. Oh, well, and the
0: and the B grade, the B sprints worth two million.
2: Yeah, and, and the big dance and the and the the five diamonds and uh, here's races with genuine black type that have stood the test of time for. You know, decade upon decade upon decade, worth 160 grand. They're normal Saturday races uh, that will put value on these fillies. It's uh, quite extraordinary. But uh, listen, I'm not going to knock this great prize money there. If you got one good enough, and uh, unfortunately, I haven't got one good enough. But uh, yeah, all, all the reasons Rain Man stated. Nature Strip. He's just become the bomb-proof horse. Uh, once upon a time, when he used to be in the red, we all used to cringe because uh, that was the days that he used to get beat. But uh, I think the Twelve Alley's a massive advantage. Um, he's got to be a long way off his top for any of these horses to beat him, and let's hope that's not the case because he's the world's best breeder. Sea Waller, J. McDonald, say no more. He wins uh, and you know the only wild card I think is Jackano. Um, Giga Kick's been good, but I'm I, I just not sure where that form sits. Jackano. Uh, he's been super in two runs in this time. He, he's the only wild card. Be good to see them run well because I think probably to be brutally honest, we've all got question marks over the three-year-old form uh, off that wet two-year-old season. The Caulfield Guineas rated well down. Um, so does that say that the Golden Rose rated well down as well because the horse had only got beat a short margin in it, won the Caulfield Guineas? So it'd be nice to see one of these three-year-olds, Jack and O or Giga Kick, perform here to say, well, hang on, maybe they're not as bad as some of us fear. Nature Strip
1: all chips in. Most um, average people sit back and wonder what it would be like to win Cat's Lotto and what they'd do with the money. Moots, do you ever sit back and go, Geez, I wonder what it would have been like to have Black Caviar running when the Everest was worth $12 million every year?
2: Well, I, I think, one, they wouldn't have put it on then because you wouldn't, you struggle for opposition a, a bit like they have this year with uh, Nature Strip being so dominant. Like, we've got a 77 Raider in the, in the field this year. Um, that's quite astonishing. Um, and, and the, you know, Nature Strip and Eduardo and Mars Crusader, they've been around a good while now. Boston Running's been there for a couple of seasons. There's no new kids on the block, is there? So what would have they done with Black Caviar? They would have struggled to fill them. Well, they wouldn't have sold the slots, let alone fill them.
1: Hey, uh, Rayman, the Sydney Stakes. Uh, this is a, another very interesting race. Take us through the market.
3: Yeah, it's the B-Graders, but there are some group, group 1 winners in the field. Kevin Old Special K, the favourite, and he's been well-backed as well. Five fifty into $3.90. In the Congo last year's Golden Rose winner is $5.50. Apache Chase, who won the Kingsford Smith Cup in Brisbane during the winter, $6.50. Waihaha Falls, $7. Forbidden Love, who loves the wet, $8. Remark, who's gone to another level this preparation, $8.50. So it's a, a pretty handy race uh, for, for the B-graders here in the Sydney States. And I can understand why there's been a, a strong push here for, for Kevin Tari. He was... He was good first up in the Theo Mark Stakes. He really wasn't beaten far there. And he he generally does take an improvement from that that effort. And then went into the Premier Stakes where he did run well, not beaten far by lost and running. So uh, Kevin Tari can probably consider himself a bit unlucky that he was overlooked for Godolphin's uh, slot. But he gets a nice chance to uh, claim another win in the Sydney Stakes. And I do think he is a deserving favourite. Interested to see how Apache Chase does perform here because it was good in the Premier Stakes as well. Uh, wet track's a little bit of a concern for it, but uh, they're the two for me, Kevin Tari and Apache Chase. He was first emergency, but uh, with the astrologers coming out of this race, he's
1: got to run. Uh, ticks a lot of boxes, and that is number 20, Wahaha Falls, uh, a son of sacred falls. Loves to give in the ground, the track, the distance, conditions, it all suits. The wide draw is a little bit of a concern, but he will come in a few with scratchings inside of him, so... Uh, look, was double-figure odds, but uh, now into $7.50. But uh, for a bit of value, I'm going with Wahaha Falls for Sean O'Shea.
0: Is he definitely in the field? No. no. Second emergency, Rog. Oh, I uh, thought he was I, first emergency. Yeah, I, urgency, I reckon he needs him. If he gets one, yeah, yeah, he, he might
1: need one more. Yeah, if
0: he, yeah I, I, I was a bit with you. I was going to tip him too, Rog, but I thought, well, if he doesn't get a run, that's a waste of a tip. No, but, he'll get uh, it, He'll get a run. Someone, me, else so. come,
1: someone else will come in.
0: Um, i i am I'm, I'm probably uh leaning towards Kemantari you look through this field and say well which are the horses that you would like to see in the Everest and it probably is Kemantari so um based on that theory and that theory alone um uh back the horse that's unlucky not to be running in the uh in 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 the 15 million dollar race or 12 million dollar race or 10 million whatever it's worth these days so um Kemantari for me um but if Wahaha falls gets into the race I'll be taking that Quinella Roger.
2: Um, I'm going to go with the informed Remark.
0: I thought he's been good on the wet tracks there lately.
2: Uh, he's found a new lease on life. I think he's a horse that came back ha- from having wind surgery uh, a little while back, and he might have found his groove and might be able to continue to build on his uh, good current vein of form. I love Apache Chase, but uh, as Rain Man alluded to, he's not going to be at home on wet ground. If the track doesn't prove by some uh, miracle, uh, inv- include him, but uh, I'll stick with Remark the seven.
1: All right, we'll move on now to the Caulfield Cup. On You know, it wasn't too long ago that on this day, this was the big one. This was the one we were all waiting for. It, it sort of plays a little bit of a second fiddle in some ways to the Everest, but uh, certainly in Melbourne, it is the race we're all about. And Mytho certainly is this year. Rayman, take us through the market for the Caulfield Cup.
3: Yeah, very interesting edition of the, the Caulfield Cup from a, a betting standpoint. Probably lacks a bit of star power, but it's still a, a very, very interesting betting race. Smoking Romans. Romans is the favourite and a clear favourite now as well. It's $4.50. Benno, who drew Barrier 20, is now $9. Gold Trips, the market mover, $13 into $9.50. Then you got last year's runner-up, non-conformist at $10. Allegron at $11. munion for the world's best trainer, Annabelle Nisham, at $12 as well. Maximal in there at, um, I can't find it, it's now up to $21. But as we all know, as m- listeners of this podcast know, they're Surely, all on at a, at a much bigger price, thanks to our, our mate Mythos. So to start us off, I will be cheering for Maximal because uh, my uh, bank account will be a lot uh, richer—not as rich as Mythos, but it would be a lot uh, richer if he does win the uh, if he does win on Saturday. But it's a it's a head scratch of a race. If you gave smoke, it's funny—you you sort of get bias in racing sometimes, and even when you're, you're punting and you're trying to be as neutral as possible, you sort of do have these uh, biases, even if you try to avoid it. If you gave Smoke and Romans any other name, if it was a, an import that had come over this preparation with the sort of form it had, you'd almost declare it off that Turnbull Stakes win, where it's carried fifty-five and a half, it's won in impressive fashion, drops four kilos to fifty-one and a half, uh, it's just the perfect profile for for a Caulfield Cup. But then you look at it and you say, Smoke and Romans Caulfield Cup winner, surely not. But we've seen like, it- not as, not quite as remarkable a rise as incentivised last year from uh, uh, maidens at uh, the Sunshine Coast and Toowoomba, but uh, Smoke and Romans. You look at its overall record; it's not as bad as people are sort of claiming. It's, it's always sort of been a horse on the rise, and when he's got out to staying trips, uh, he ha- he has gone to another level. He won the Packingham Cup last year, and I think the Mara and Eustace uh, stable have done a terrific job with him. So I think he is a deserving favourite, and I won't be losing on the race if he if he does get the job done. The horse I I've, probably I've now got on top is nonconformist who comes from that wait for age path where he's been getting beaten and he's only beaten a few horses home this prep, but he's been running some really good races and I thought he ran really well again uh, in the Might and power on Saturday where he, he finished seventh, but only two and a half lengths behind Animo, who is now a, a clear favorite for the Ludbrokes Cox Plate, and he, and he found the line really well. So I think he's a horse heading in the right direction, Nonconformist, and we saw what he did in this race last year, uh, where he he chased home Incentivized, and obviously he was gapped by Incentivized, but he gapped the rest of the field himself, Nonconformist. And there's certainly no Incentivized in this race this year, so Nonconformist on top for me. Really good piece on Ludbroke's social media at the well with uh, at, on the uh, at the moment with uh, Gray and Beg talking about Nonconformist and how they've they've had to come through this wait for age path. And his results don't look too flash hot. But he's confident the horse is going just as well as it was 12 months ago and is ready to peak now when he gets to his handicap.
1: I'm just going to wake Moods up. Um, he's, he's nodded off. Um, I, it is a tough race. And, and I agree. Smoking Romans. It, I mean, when you look at it, it, things do line up really well for a win here. But I don't know. I just, I'm going to go around it. I, I, I think... Um, I've got a big ticket on Maximal as well, but this rain is is not going to help there. So um, one that's proven at the trip and proven on, on heavy ground uh, is Benno, having run second at Ototsu on a heavy nine in that ATC derby. Now, this race was not originally on, on Benno's program, but O'Shea's hand was forced. I think it could prove a successful accident, and um, and, and I'm going to have Benno on top in a really open race. I don't think Bowen declares without a chance if, if we don't get too heavy. And obviously... You've got the two from the Maristas camp in in um, in Smoke and Romans, and also Gold Trip. So just a host of chances. Mytho, obviously you're cheering for Maximal, but you're also cheering for this rain to stop and for a freak thirty degree day out of nowhere. Yeah, that's exactly right, Rog.
0: Uh, I, I wouldn't be um, terribly confident right now, sitting here Thursday morning, watching the rain tumble down, that uh, Maxim will even take his place in the Caulfield Cup, uh, given that um, he probably gets a run on the Cox Plate if we want to go that way a week later and, and bank on some better weather. So um, it'll be uh, all eyes on the weather and... Um, We'll we'll see what sort of a track comes up, but uh, he's he's there with a chance if he if he gets in the barrier draw probably no real issue because he's a go forward sort of horse. He drew 19 uh, last night, but um, it was I, I went and watched him work on Tuesday morning and had a good chat to Ben Mellum, who who wants to drive forward on him and and didn't really matter where where he drew. So being out there uh, with Knight's Order, who will also go forward, probably the pair of them come across and and uh, maybe lead them up, but. Um, that's if he runs. Um, I'm I'm a bit with uh, with Romans' assessment. I was going to say exactly the same thing. spoken Romans, can we tip Smoking Romans? Well, on the back of the Turnbull win, you have to drops four kilos. Jamie Carr, fifty-one and a half kilos, it is a handicap. And um, you've you've got to remember that those horses that beat the handicapper usually come out on top in 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 these sorts of races. And that's exactly what Smoke and Romans, the the Ghibellines gelding six-year-old from the South Island of New Zealand that's been banging around in benchmark races through the winter, is gonna be able to do. So um perhaps just a, just a masterful uh, training performance and and placement from the Ma Eustace team. And they've got the horse smoking. He's smoking Romans. And he might just be a Caulfield Cup winner come Saturday afternoon.
2: Yeah, well, listen, I'm finding it hard to create an argument against him, to be honest. I think he's a weight certainty. Uh, the 51 and a half, Jay Carr's got a soft draw. It's just going to get a nice run just behind the speed. He's there to run enormous. Uh the danger's non-conformist. I thought his run was super at weight for age. He also takes the weight relief there. And I'm not giving up on Duas. Uh, I reckon fourth run in, ready for a peak performance, and there to run extremely well. But I just think smoke she, and rome She worked, She
0: worked really well, Pete. She worked really well Tuesday morning for Ed Cummings. Yeah. He, was, he was going cartwheels.
2: Yeah, a little, little sense of timing about her, I reckon. Uh, she's been a little bit behind the eight ball, but I reckon ready to step up there. So... Uh, 17 spoken Romans on top from me non-conformist and you ask the dangers
1: Raymond's busy doing a radio cross at the moment because he's a very busy popular man and this Thursday morning so I'm going to drop back into my old uh, way of life and do the market for the Tristark, and it's a wide open betting race because uh, Palacepan and also your nag chain of lightning are both equal favourites at $5.50 Kiss on all four cheeks. The former West Australian is seven dollars out at seven fifty. Pride of Jenny's been the mover. Early money there, nine dollars into seven dollars fifty. Flying mascot at nine dollars, and then Argentia has been eleven into ten after a second first up. Excelita, who was uh, terrific, winning at double figure odds for the Hayes camp last start, has been fourteen dollars out to sixteen dollars, and then you can obviously get some pretty big odds for the rest of them. I'll kick off as well. Um, I'm going to go Chain of Lightning because uh, Uncle Mood's told us if Jamie Carr had done what she was told, this mare would be... No, no, no. (laughs)
2: Take that back. Take that back. I I thought Jamie rode her too conservative. I didn't tell her how to ride the horse, but I thought she rode her too conservative.
1: I apologise, Jamie. I take that back. If Jamie Carr hadn't have been so conservative on Chain of Lightning, this mare would still be unbeaten. Uh, Luke Nolan is riding in terrific form and is continually underrated which is astonishing but he picks up the right here and uh i think uh i'll just continue on with chain of lightning because she's been very very good to me since she arrived at the moody state uh
0: yeah well why wouldn't you go chain of lightning uh good wet track form i think you see her as a wet tracker don't you pete
2: well you know there's there's that little question mark at the last run also anthony uh to whether you know she got bogged down a little bit as well so jamie thought she probably didn't relax as well as she could have and probably didn't quicken maybe as well as she could have on the heavy ground and my argument was i believe if she had used used the momentum a little bit more she might have overcome both those things so there's a little little bit of gray there so we're, we weren't disagreeing but we just thought uh, uh there were a few gray areas there but I would be prepared to run her again with her current fitness levels to get a real assessment on the wet ground.
0: Yeah, p- p- uh, palasipan. For Chris Muntz hasn't seen a heavy track, so hard to tip it uh, the favourite uh, in this race. So um, I'm I'm a bit with Moods. He, he was he was emphatic last time that the horse should have uh, should have gone a length or so better. And if so, um, she remains undefeated. So um, I think at the odds, rod you've you've got to have a ticket um, and be each way all day. It's one of those chips in each way all day sort of scenarios for me with Chain of Lightning. So um, hopefully Pete uh, can can get the mood on the mic confidence booster that we all need
2: yeah well we need a winner don't we and and i'm with her as well i'm not going to drop off after one run uh she's done well at home her work's been good and solid and i think she's there to run extremely well and over the favorite uh palace palace pan uh who i did actually watch run extremely well at rose hill the other day uh after sitting very wide the trip uh it has drawn gate one and might well not be the place to be at this time of the day so I'm Chain of Lightning on top and looking forward to her getting back to winning form hopefully
1: I know it's like if your auntie had balls she'd be your uncle but if Chain of Lightning wins last night she's going around here at about a dollar fifty. So exactly um, right
2: yeah.
1: yeah, so it certainly does look value at the price uh, Rayman, will take it as a given that he would have tipped yeah. Chain of Lightning but he's still on air at the moment so we're going to take a break we're going to come back and we're going to get some best bets
4: Ah, spring racing is in the air. So why not multiply the excitement with a Ladbrox Same Race Multi? To build a Same Race Multi, head to your chosen race, find the Same Race Multi tab, and pick two to four runners to finish anywhere inside the top four. Combine multiple runners from the same race to get even greater odds to get the best Same Race Multi coverage with more races than ever before. Spring racing is in the air. Ladbroke T's and C's apply. See website for details. Gamble responsibly Call 1-800-858-858.
1: Best bets time, Moody on the mic. Rayman, just quickly, we, we took it as a given that you were with Chain of Lightning in the Tristar.
3: That's right. Uh, starting, pro, starting price profile, very strong. I really like Chain of Lightning to bounce back. And what is your best bet? Best bet of the day. I'm going to Ranwick, the lucky last. Ranwick race 10, number one, Polly Gray in the Ink Stakes. Uh, Polly Gray is uh, just a, an excellent wet tracker. She loves the wet. And on her best form, she's got a clear class edge over the rest of the, this field, the rest of these mares. are uh, her, she has won first up uh, in the past, and I like the fact they've set her for this first up contest over 1,600 metres. So race 10, number one, Polly Gray, is my best bet of the day. I found it very, very hard uh, to find the best bet uh, this week, but I'm going
1: back to the well of sorts, one that's proven a success for me already this spring at an each-way price. Lady of Honour in the last at Caulfield. She does like some giving the ground. Hopefully we aren't too far into the heavy range. We might be. Drawn wide-ish, but if she does get posted, it might be a reasonable part of the track at that late stage. Uh, and we know she's in form and a mayor in form. Uh, I like to stick with them. So Lady of Honour for me in the last at Caulfield.
0: Righto, for those listening early and uh, have been just dying for Rodge to get this out there, uh, you are in for a little treat. The first at Ballarat, they might have jumped for those listening late, but the first at Ballarat Thursday afternoon, the Unicorn will just bolt up straight to the front and will win by five. Uh, the, the outstanding little filly that um, is destined for better things in the Rosemont red colours. So look out for the Unicorn. She might just be that. But in terms of uh, the weekend, racing for uh, Rosemont team. We team up with Waikato and Lib Patanga and Bruce Perry uh, to race Lock Eagle, who was very good first up. I think I might have uh, mentioned this last week. Uh, in the Silver Eagle, um, being postponed by a week. Um, good money for Lock Eagle, and so there should be. Uh, handles all conditions. Uh, has won a couple on the heavy, um, one for one on soft, so the ground won't be an issue, and he's a very talented horse. So Lock Eagle to win the Silver Eagle and head to the Golden Eagle. Oh,
2: that's very nice, and it's very big-hearted of you to tip that dollar fifty shot this afternoon at Ballarat to the punters out there. I'm sure they'll piss off Peter. Any price a winner, you dick. You get that weekend off to a roll. Well, uh, a lot of variables around the weekend. Um, we've got uh, it's going to be hard at Caulfield on Saturday for my camp. We've got Red Sun Sensation, Lightsaber, and Oxley Road all engaged, who all don't like the wet. We've got Chain of Lightning, who's the best of my four. And I'm unconvinced about her on wet at this point, but uh, I expect her to run extremely well. So we'll probably throw a couple of smokies at you at Packardham on Friday evening. We've got an evening meeting here at Packardham and it is on the synthetic track. So I don't know if you've got any markets there at hand. Rain Man, Packardham Friday evening In the Phillies and Mayor's Benchmark 84. We've got a Philly called Madrian and in the Class 1 1200, a gelding called Victory Bay. I thought they were my two best for the weekend. Uh, heading in there any sort of prices right man
3: no markets at the moment sorry moods right Oh, uh, well there's probably a few other more important
2: meetings for the market assessors to get done but uh Probably neither of them will be big odds, but they won't be a dollar fifty like Anthony's brave tip in the first of Ballarat this afternoon. And most of you probably would have heard the podcast by now. Even that dickhead no-name that's on Twitter that's wanting to pot the shit out of us after having one bad weekend and we tipped him winners for the last six weeks. It is Everest weekend. We've got the world's fastest sprinter, the world's greatest sprinter, Nature Stripping, J-Mac. You've taken it on board for many years, mate. He's the fastest, so what are you going to do? Let him run fast.